Karina Belizzi. Today's guest is the genius behind Orlo Nutrition, which is producing much more environmentally friendly nutritional products, especially including a plant-based omega-3 fatty acid alternative to fish oil. Karina will share insights about her work and her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Karina, you know, we've been struggling with this tech uh, for the last 10 minutes. I'm so <laughs> thrilled that I finally get to talk to you. <laughs> thank you for joining me today. And thank you for your patience with me. It's uh, I'm looking forward to learning a lot. Well, as they say, the third time is a charm, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. It's my pleasure to be here. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, you are doing something that is kind of near and dear to my heart. I, I spent nearly 20 years in and around the nutrition industry. And since leaving that arena, I have become very engaged in following efforts to address climate change. You have a, you created the intersection of those two efforts. And so I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk to you about what you're doing at Orlo Nutrition. Tell us about it. Well, like you, I'm also a greenie at heart and have spent the better part of my adult life in some form of activism. So when the opportunity came for me to transition my work life from being in the space of omega-3s from fish to one from algae that was grown regeneratively, that could be part of the entire climate solution by sequestering carbon, creating oxygen, and ultimately also providing incredible nutrition... I felt like I had to jump at it. And so I've been deep in the space of omega-3s from algae since 2016. And with this most recent effort, got all of the yeses that counted to ultimately complete my task of building what I believe is a carbon negative regenerative brand that can be part of the change, part of the solution that will ultimately bring these cir circular economies of scale forward and be a great demonstration for other businesses of how you can do this more mindfully. Yeah. I got to ask, let's let's get into the weeds here just a little bit. That's what this is about. Tell me about sequestering carbon, carbon negative omega-3. How does that work? Well, before we got started talking here, I mean, you made some reference to Project Draw Drawdown as a for instance, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. I've interviewed Paul Hawken on this show and he counsels me not to use the terminology carbon negative because in his mind, everything is carbon positive, right? Carbon's not a bad thing. We villainize it, but it's really atmospheric <laughs> carbon release or other greenhouse gases that are the problem. We want to draw them down. Well, when you grow algae photosynthetically, you're drawing down carbon into the algae itself, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're creating phytonutrients with that algae. Because we're growing the algae photosynthetically in Iceland, using technology and only green energy, we're able to optimize its growth cycle. It doubles its weight every two days, which means you kind of continually create the solution that both sequesters carbon, it consumes carbon, it releases oxygen, right? So it helps us all breathe. Yeah, that's and a it good feature. 
Yeah. Omega-3s, proteins, phytonutrients, chlorophyll. I mean, they're really just these single-celled organisms that we're growing. So it makes the water green, right? And ultimately, that's what we're doing. We're doing indoors in a controlled environment. And because we're doing it indoors in a controlled environment, we don't have to use things like pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. We don't have to worry about storms coming through and disrupting the growing season. We don't have to worry about whether the algae gets too hot and gets burned because everything is controlled, right? And ultimately, it means that our yields can be stronger and that we can control the inputs of the CO2. We're taking waste stream CO2 from a green energy power plant, feeding it to the algae, bubbling it through the system. Those little bubbles of that carbon dioxide essentially act like scrubbing bubbles inside our equipment. And so it keeps everything also clean and we can just grow with pristine water and ultimately produce something that is health promoting without any of the negative things that you might think about from things like fishing or even growing in open ponds where when you grow in open ponds, you know, you could have a season get too hot. You could have a storm come through and introduce different algae strains or amoebas or bugs that want to eat the algae because it's great food, right? So yeah. we've it, erased it's tasty out here. Yeah. I mean, my amoeba friends tell me that. <laughs> my amoeba friends too. Yes. <laughs> it's really kind of uh, amazing what you're doing here. Uh, so your, your first product was the, uh, it's a plant-based, so vegan, vegetarian, uh, omega-3 fatty acid that mm-hmm. uh, supplement that would be an alternative to more conventional fish oil to uh, get this health benefit, right? That's right. And because it's in this particular form, because it's from algae that is grown in this way, we minimally process it and it retains its polar lipid structure. This means that it's three times more absorbable than a fish oil. So taking two small pills is equivalent to taking two very large pills of a fish oil. So you can take small pills. You can trust that you're actually doing something good for your body that's also good for the environment. And ultimately, at the end of the day, something that will promote your health, which is the whole reason that we take a supplement in the first place. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know... uh, Docs and lots of nutrition scientists like to point out that eating uh, food is better than taking supplements, though I mm-hmm. think that's a blurry line. But it sounds like you're, you're trying to address that by the nature of your supplement. Well, we are. And here's the problem. This is the reason I've spent over 20 years working in the omega-3 industry now. The reality is that c- people consume... 15 times more omega-6s than they do omega-3s. And so the only way for us to really get back in balance is to both address our diet by reducing our consumption of things like fried foods, animal products, because guess what? All these animal products are also high in omega-6. So you reduce the consumption of omega-6s and you increase your consumption of omega-3s. But plant-based nutrition is notoriously not super full of the EPA and DHA that your body needs, the form of omega-3s your body needs to operate optimally. And so you can consume walnuts and flax seeds and chia seeds and all these things that you hear about being high in omega-3s and still not get the benefits of the EPA and DHA. That's where supplementation comes in. And going to an algae-based product as opposed to a fish-based product, you are both cutting out that middle fish because guess what? (laughs) The fish, they get their omega-3s, EPA, and DHA from the algae they consume. 
Yeah. I spent 10 years working exclusively in fish oils, not understanding that. And I went to all sorts of medical conferences, right? I was having high-level discussions with researchers at International Society for the Study of Fatty Acids and Lipids, meeting with doctors and people at the NIH, the USDA, about you know getting to a level where we'd actually say, this is how much omega-3 you need every day. And we'll define it and we'll get an RDI so people start taking it more seriously. So at the same time, all those years that I didn't know that essentially fish were getting the EPA and DHA from the algae they consumed, I assumed that they were like us. The fish were like us. They were eating things like flax oil and they were eating things like chia seeds or walnuts and then taking the alpha-linolenic acid that's the omega-3 that's plant-based, terrestrial-based omega-3 and basically using all these enzymes and physical processes to go ahead and make it into EPA and DHA. No. The fish got their EPA and DHA in that direct source from algae, the world's first plants, these micro little tiny algae species that are literally one cell. So it's incredible. And the fact that we're able to harness their potential now because we've come to a space in technology where we can extract them, then, you know, there's no real reason to go to the fish in the first place. No, no, none at all. None at all. Um, which has a, a knock-on environmental benefit and, uh, and uh, climate benefit, right? If we're not messing with the fish in the ocean. Uh, we're just- well, if we think about it too, coming from that environmentalist perspective, you know, the acidity of our oceans is increasing, right? The species of algae that thrive in our oceans is also shifting with that change, mm-hmm. also shifting with the temperatures in our oceans. And so even from the fish oil manufacturer perspective, those that spend all of their time, energy, and resources making fish oils have had to change their standards because the algae that produces EPA and the algae that produces DHA, guess what? Their levels are changing too. And so ultimately, it's not as reliable of a product from that perspective. And you ultimately harm marine ecosystems when you overfish. There are arguments that you have these bluefish certified or Marine Stewardship Council certified fisheries around the globe. But at the same time, illegal fishing is something that they cannot prevent, right? They may monitor a fishery, but really they're not there every day. It's not like they're policing the waters. And so what happens, you have the Peru anchoveta, which is one of the largest anchovy and sardine fisheries in the entire planet. They're on the Humboldt Current, which is this cold upwelling of water that's very nutrient-dense. All these Mm. fish are there, which is where then all the dolphin want to go to feed and the whales and everything else. And what you'll find is that in some of these areas like that, that local fishermen who aren't these giant trawling vessels, they start to look at the dolphins even as competition for the fish that they're trying to get out of the ocean. And so you have these situations where these individuals are taking the law into their own hands in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And massacring these species of fish that aren't even used, or I should say mammals, because dolphins are mammals. They're ultimately killing them because they look at them as competition, not for food, but because they look at them as competition. Yeah. And so these challenges are present. They're not going to be erased in, t- in uh, the next few years for certain. We have a growing populace that needs to be fed. And we've continually gone to the sea and taken more than we really should 
in order to do that. Now, there are those that say we have to basically set aside at least 30% of our oceans and not fish them at all in order to ensure that we can return to some sense of normalcy. And with the pattern that we're presently kind of involved in, it's not looking like that's even remotely on the horizon. So we need to take some action, some steps to stop doing these things. And so I see it as my personal effort to really get out there and talk about it because it's hard to talk about. You know, I mean, you don't have to be a vegan to take an omega-3 from algae over an omega-3 from fish. You don't have to be entirely plant-based, but you know what? You don't have to go to the fish either because every single person, if every single person on the planet was taking an omega-3 supplement, there wouldn't be enough fish in the sea. And that stark reality is one that I think is tough to hurdle over. And so perhaps some of the work I'm doing now serves as penance for the earlier successes I had building fish oil companies, right? Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, you have been remarkably successful and you're a passionate activist and, and I admire you for all that you have done and accomplished. Thank I you. wonder if if you would tell us what you see as your superpower. Well, I could say that um, my superpower essentially comes from my roots. I have been closely connected to food my whole life, and I look at connection as one of my most valued assets. I see the connection between things in my past, but also just the people that I've encountered along the way and the power of that connection to direct me on a path in my future. And so one of the things that I continually lean back on or rely on is that there is this kind of unconscious guidance that I feel like is ever present when you're on a path where you feel like your passion is guiding your pursuit. And so I, I kind of come back to this whole concept of it's, it's me seeing the connection between these moments and it's me seeing the connection between these people and the study that I might um, dive into. Because I don't think that you would traditionally see somebody who was just a little hippie kid who became an anthropologist and then decided to go into sales and marketing and natural products, right? It's just not the traditional path. I didn't take the business route. Now, Granted, over the last couple of years, I chose to go to Santa Clara University and get my MBA and put that all into effect because I I wanted the educational cred in a way, right? Like I was, after 20 years plus of building businesses in the natural channel, thought, well, you know, what am I missing? Is there something else that I haven't been thinking about? Maybe I need to explore more the financial back end of how businesses are run. Might it change my perspective on how I move forward? And what I ultimately learned through that process was no. (laughs) I lean back on that power of connection. I still see things relatively the same way. I do think that um, there are some challenges in our capitalistic way of building societies where We've stacked the the cards in a way against the little guys trying to do things right. And so I think reform might be needed, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but perhaps that will also come with the power of connection and really coming and to contact with people in a deep and meaningful way, having meaningful conversations, caring about the things that I'm doing in my day to day, and then bringing them forward with intention. 
as you think about this power of connection that you've developed over the years, can you think of a, a particular sort of discrete example of a, a win, something you accomplished, something you're proud of that ties directly to that connection, that ability, that superpower? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to step back for a moment into a... Um, a moment in which I was complimented by someone I really respect, right? And so I'm not somebody who likes to tout my own horn all that much, right? I'm, I'm more likely to, um, I think, talk about the people that helped me get where I am and what we did together and, and through this collaborative effort, because that's just how I see things. But when I went on a particular uh, sales stretch with one of my broker representatives and into the territory of Florida, and we went into six or seven different accounts throughout the day, starting with a training in a little health food store and then meeting with a Whole Foods and a regional buyer and kind of going into all of these different situations. And what he said at the end of that day was that, wow, Karina, I, I just saw five different entire approaches to these conversations. You changed with the people you were connecting with. Like he didn't necessarily put it in exactly those words, but that's me mm -hmm. leaning back and describing it. Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't that I was being disingenuous in any of those situations. It was that I was actively listening and thinking about who I was talking to and what they needed to understand. I was thinking about how I could serve them better and what the need behind the need that they were expressing to me actually was. And this is part and parcel to the reason that I think later in life, when I learned about needs satisfaction selling, which is a, an entire platform or effect, a way of doing businesses that was first spirited by the Xerox company, that I, it came so naturally, it felt, it felt like, oh yeah, well, this is just what makes sense. Because I was focused on really trying to understand the motivations of the individual, how I could support their needs, what they might need to know in order to walk along and, and partner with me in a new way. And this ultimately later served me by ensuring that when it came to things like developing a promotional strategy for retail stores, right, that I was able to see what the little businesses needed so that they could compete with the whole fruit foods of the world, so that they could compete with the wild oats or the sprouts farmers markets or the vitamin shops that were moving in next door and build a, a meaningful selling strategy that could support their needs so that they could continue to grow. And then I had to, of course, sell that up to the CEO. Like, yeah, we're going to give the little guys deeper discounts, but this is what they're going to do for us. And this is how that's going to look because on a storefront by storefront perspective, they might be just as powerful as that Whole Foods. And so, you know, really counseling people to look at things a little bit more deeply about seeing how things are connected, that there's essentially this web that connects us all. And it's not like I'm, you know, reinventing the wheel just by asking us to think a little bit differently about how we develop our relationships, about how we develop our strategies and about seeing that there's this power in the relationships we build, even if you are just working to optimize your business and move forward. I mean, 
none of us is an island. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were giving, you know, a coaching session to say uh, uh, a team member, uh, trying to help them make that connection superpower a strength, what would you coach them to do to build that muscle? Yeah. I, I think one of my business partners would probably say I'd, I'd ask them to fall in love with their customers. But, you know, <laughs> they joke uh. that I fall in love with every person I interview on my podcast or every person that I talk to over screen share for a little bit. There's something about this innate curiosity that I have about, you know, who they are, why they are, what they're doing, you know, what motivates them that, that I think needs to be nurtured. And anybody who's in the sales field and anybody who's marketing, I mean, and ultimately, if you think things through, selling and marketing is involved in almost everything that we do in business. It's just how it looks. What brand is it? You need to essentially, you know, work with somebody in operations. Sometimes you have to sell them on what it is that you want to do to support the business going forward. The same thing is true of that person working in operations when they want to get some new strategy implemented and they're trying to get the CEO on board. So if they remain curious, if they're thinking about what would it be like to sit in those shoes today or, you know, hey, maybe I just want to find out more about who this person is, you know, just getting to know people a little bit. You don't have to sit there and find out what they had for breakfast, but it might not hurt to know. And, you know, maybe they like chocolate or, you know, they're passionate about running marathons and it doesn't take much to just get to know them a little bit outside of that, that transaction, so to speak. So we move away from this entire kind of transactive approach to our relationships and into something more deep. That's, a, that's brilliant advice. Brilliant advice. Well, uh, Karina, before we wrap up, would I, could I invite you to just take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Orlo Nutrition and how they can, you know, get some in their tummies? Uh, <laughs> they can get some in their tummies. And, and, and then also, if you'd add how people can uh, connect with you and learn more about your work. Absolutely. So it's easiest to find Orlo Nutrition by just going to orlonutrition.com. That's O-R-L-O. We have umlauts over the O's, but not when you're spelling the web address or when you're looking for us on social. So you can find us at Orlo Nutrition on all of the social profiles as well. I'm most active personally on LinkedIn and Instagram, though I also personally have TikTok and all that other stuff. And um, you can find me by listening to my podcasts too. So the show that's related to Orla Nutrition is called Nutrition Without Compromise. Its entire ethos is around nutrition without compromising your ethics or the health of planet Earth. So it's ultimately a do-gooder effort that sits at the intersection of nutrition and planetary health. And then my personal podcast, which is called Care More, Be Better. And that one is focused on social impact and sustainability issues so that we can all build a better world. Um, what I would also like to do, if you're open to it, is give your listeners a coupon code and they could oh, just thank you. You know, yeah, please get do. an extra 10% off at Orlo Nutrition. Great. Yeah. So what would Go you like to call it? Just your, or we could just wh call it your you podcast want. name. And <laughs> and so, yeah. So why don't you just make it superpowers? Superpowers 10. Let's do that. So it's okay, very clear. Great. Superpowers 10, an extra 10% off at OrlaNutrition.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's very generous of you. I really appreciate that. 
Well, Karina, I really do appreciate you being with us today. We wish you every success in the great work that you're doing, especially in uh, combining this effort to improve nutrition and simultaneously help the planet. Thank you. Well, it's been my pleasure, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. All righty. Let's do some good. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.